The resurrection is so central to everything we believe as Christians that the apostles wrote that if Jesus wasn't raised from the grave, all of their preaching and ministry was in vain, and all the Christian faith is futile. It's empty, it's worthless. As was mentioned earlier, if Jesus had not been raised from the grave, we might as well not assemble. Everything falls apart. We might as well go on home and mow our yards and watch some TV. Now, the question for us this Easter, the question I'd like us to ask is, why? Why is it that important that Jesus arose from the grave? Obviously, it's a bizarre fact of history. And so it's earth-shattering in that way, just in this, the trueness of it. The fact that it happened is huge, but what are the actual implications that make it so important to our day-to-day lives as Christians that we need to celebrate it with this much energy? Well, I have three for you that come from, straight from Scripture. These are not my ideas as to why it's important. This is what Scripture emphasizes as to why the resurrection is important, and this is what I'd like to impart to you this morning. The first reason is that it means that death is defeated. The resurrection of Jesus Christ means that death is defeated. Think back to when you entered the church this morning, when you pulled into the parking lot. What was one of the first things you saw? Now, you might have seen like the welcome flags. You may have seen the new blessing box, which is really neat, or you might have seen the youth building, but what was one of the first things? What do, you, what do you pass every time you enter the church? And then what's one of the last things you see every time you exit the church? It's our cemetery. Have you thought about the fact that our cemetery is just really prominent on our church grounds? It's like the thing that you see. When I walk from the parsonage to the church, I, go, I pass through or beside two cemeteries to get here. And the same on the way home. It was very normal for my kids growing up in the parsonage to walk through the old, we just called it the old cemetery, very frequently to get over to the church grounds. Now, is that good or bad? Like, if you think from a church marketing standpoint, you, the, the experts and coaches probably would not say, well, you want your tombstones right up front. You want people to have to kind of weave around them to get to your door. Well, I think it's good. I think it's probably good. Death is a really important part of this whole thing we're involved in. Death is an important part of life. And we don't like to talk about it, and we don't like to look at it too closely. And I don't want to break the news to you, but that's the direction we're all headed. We're all like passengers in in the same plane, but we don't want to talk about the destination. But it gets closer each minute. It gets closer each year. Some of you are saying, yeah, I can feel it. Jesus' resurrection changes the way his people relate to and understand death. It changed something. That's why we sang and we read, oh, death, where is your sting? For Christians, death doesn't really have the same sting that it used to have. It's like a declawed cat. It's just soft little puffy paws on us. It can't hurt us like it could otherwise. Because Jesus' resurrection paved the way for our resurrection. Jesus' resurrection makes possible our resurrection. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just read verses 20 through 23. 
1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul has been writing to people who were being taught that there was no resurrection from the dead, that when you die, you die and you're done. And he's correcting that. He's saying, no, there definitely is. Jesus himself arose from the grave. And so he's been logically working out the implications of Jesus's resurrection for our resurrection. But what I want to focus on is what he says, starting in verse 20. He says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits, that's an important term, first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each in its own order. Christ, the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. So the Jewish people had several festivals that they observed throughout the year, and it, it all was in order to keep them closely trusting in God and relating to God as they were designed to do. And one of those had to do with first fruits. And the way this one worked is it was at the beginning of the grain harvest, and when it, the, the harvest was first ready, they would cut a sheave of grain and they would take it and they would perform offerings. And it was just a way of acknowledging God, this all came from you. Thank you for the harvest we are about to reap. Here when it says that Jesus is the first fruits of resurrection, it's saying he's like that sheaf of grain. He's the, the first representing a much larger harvest. And just like that sheaf of grain was not the only grain they were going to harvest, Jesus's resurrection is not the only resurrection that's going to happen. In his resurrection is the promise that those who are in him, Christians, those who are trusting and following Jesus, will also be raised to eternal life with God. So what the Bible teaches is that Jesus arose from the grave. He is alive, but he's no longer on the earth as he was during his earthly ministry. He ascended to the right hand of the Father, and he will one day return. And upon his return, the earth will give up its dead, the dead will be resurrected unto a judgment either to life eternal with God or death. Those who are in Christ Jesus resurrected to eternal life with Jesus. Now this seems like wishful thinking, and they were skeptical too, which was the whole point of this section in 1 Corinthians. But Jesus' resurrection clinches it. Resurrection is possible and is promised to us. Now, this is huge when we try to think about why is the resurrection so important and what practical implications does it have for our everyday lives as Christians? Well, this is huge. We don't have to be afraid of death. If you are in Christ, if you have turned from your sins and are trusting in Jesus as your Savior and following him as your Lord and you've been forgiven of all your sins and reconciled to God, you do not need to be afraid of death. Jesus arose from the grave, and he has promised to come back, and we, too, will be resurrected. I counted this morning out of curiosity, and I have conducted 39 funerals since I've been the pastor here. That averages about three a year. It's not a huge number, but 39 is a fair number of folks for just 12, 13 years of being here. Now, as we age, this promise means more and more. We don't have to be afraid of what everyone else in the world is terrified of. We don't have to be afraid of death. Jesus' resurrection defeated death. 
It doesn't only have implications for death, though. It also has implications for life. Because this isn't all there will be, our lives now have meaning that stretch beyond just our lives now. Our lives now have meaning that will echo on into eternity. One of the points Paul makes later on in this letter is that if there was no resurrection of the dead, we might as well just all eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. And that's how many people do live. They feel that this is all there is to it, so I need to extract as much enjoyment as I can out of it because this is it. But that's not what we believe as Christians. We believe as Christians this is just a prelude to an eternity that we get to spend with God thanks to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the promised resurrection that he'll bring for us. So one reason the resurrection is important is because it means that death has been defeated. Another reason is it means that life is livable. It means that life is livable. And what I mean by that is not just that it's bearable, I mean that because of Jesus' resurrection, we have access to the power to live life the way it was meant to be lived. This is a connection that the scriptures make that we don't often make in our own minds. Scripture indicates that the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead is available to us to live the Christian life. Let's read Colossians chapter 2, verses 12 and 14. Here is describing Jesus and all the the benefits that we receive as Christians, and he's listing them out. We'll just pick up on the list here in verse 12. It says, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith, in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And we can stop there. See, Scripture makes the point that as Christians, we're united with Christ in a way that's mysterious and hard to fully understand, but in a way that means when he died on the cross, it's as if we died with him on the cross. And when he was resurrected, it's as if we too were resurrected to a new life. And then as he describes what this means for practical purposes over in chapter 3, it sounds like this in chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ. Since we have been raised, we get to seek the things that are above. We are no longer enslaved to a sort of spiritual death. We are now spiritually alive to God, and we get to seek the things that are above where Christ is. The resurrection gives us the power to put off our old self and put on this new self that Jesus gives us. It gives us the power to turn away from, and he lists it down as you proceed in the chapter. I won't read all that. But you can look at it and see the list that he gives. But the same power that raised Jesus from the grave empowers us to turn away from things like sexual immorality and impurity and lust and evil desire and covetousness and idolatry. And the list goes on. And that same power 
enables us to put on instead things like compassionate hearts, kindness, meekness, patience, forgiveness. Somehow, when you become a Christian, you are so united with Christ that his resurrection becomes your resurrection, and you are raised spiritually from death to life. You are in him, and he is in you. And it's not just that he died and arose for you, it's that he brought you with him, in a sense. Now, you you might say, well, I don't understand that. Well, I don't understand it either. But it is true. And I know that it means that we have real power to live this Christian life. That becoming a Christian isn't just a matter of, okay, now I'm going to try really, really hard to be a good person because now I'm a Christian. It's a coming to the end of ourselves and realizing that we can't do it. So the resurrection is important for us because it means death is defeated. It means life is livable. And third and finally, it means that Jesus is Jesus. Jesus is actually Jesus. And when he died, his disciples went into hiding. I mean, you can imagine, you had left everything to follow this man, and you thought he was the Messiah, he was going to be the king of everything. And then he died this humiliating, brutal death on the cross. They all went into hiding. They thought, all is lost. He must not be who we thought he was. He must not be, it must must not be what it looked like. But then three days later, something happened where they came out, and they were bold like never before. And they were willing to die for Jesus Christ. And what happened was the resurrection. The resurrection confirmed for them completely and as solid as this is sitting here that Jesus is who he claims to be, that he is who the Bible says he is. One more passage, Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, just a glimpse at how the apostles thought of themselves after encountering the risen Jesus. This is Paul introducing his letter and He says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set aside for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son who was descended from David according to the flesh. And then here's where it gets relevant to what we're talking about right now. And was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness By his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's how they thought of him. He is the Son of God. He is the Lord. It was declared so. It was made evident by the resurrection. And so he is the Savior, the one way to God, the one way to forgiveness. He is the Lord, our rightful boss in this life. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. say, well, how can I know any of that? How can I trust in that? The resurrection really is the linchpin. Anytime that I have doubted my faith, I have thought back to the resurrection, and historically, it's factual. It's just true. He is who he said he is, and he's alive, and he's at the right hand of God interceding for us right now. So we don't do this to memorialize a historical figure. We trust and obey him as our living Lord now in a real day-to-day dynamic relationship with him. 
He really is alive, and he is the head of the church right now. Now, if you don't know him in this way, I want to ask you to talk to me after the service. If the Holy Spirit is stirring in you any sense of, I want that. I want that day-to-day dynamic relationship with the risen Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Please come talk to me after the service. But my hope and prayer for all of us this Easter is that we will live in light of the resurrection. It's the most important historical event in all of reality. And it has huge implications for our day-to-day life now. It means that death has been defeated. It means that life is livable. It means that Jesus is Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us your word and these reminders to help us to process and understand the resurrection. Or would you work it out in your truth and power among us in our hearts? And may your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen.